Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. It is bright and early on the morning that this episode is going to be released, and upon editing the episode last night, I realized that I had the complete wrong settings for my microphone. In fact, I don't even think it was properly turned on. And so here we are re-recording the episode, which you know what, sometimes it's okay because there are certain things that I said throughout the episode that I'm like, "Mm, I wish I'd could like redo that or sometimes you just record an episode and then you don't feel 100% about it so I'm okay with this but it's really interesting because when I did the assumptions sticker on Instagram one of the assumptions that someone made was that I'm very organized and I think that this just exemplifies that that is not the case I am very last minute and I really need that sense of urgency to really motivate me but It's something that I'm really wanting to improve upon because situations like this are ones that teach me that it's good to be very well prepared in advance and I also have a few trips coming up, I have visitors coming and I really need to be prepared in advance. So I think this week was a good reminder of that and it is what it is. I'm really excited for this episode and all it means when I have to re-record an episode is that I'm just that much more well rehearsed and I've, you know, said things in a certain way and maybe I can switch them up a little bit, but I've just had that first practice round. So we're okay with it. I did want to make one quick housekeeping announcement. I guess two housekeeping announcements. Um, the first one is that I have been posting more on YouTube, really just vlog style and just day-to-day behind-the-scenes content, very casual, nothing super exciting, but I've been really, really enjoying that. So if you're not already tuned in on YouTube, then feel free to check it out if you like consuming content on that platform. And then the other announcement is If you are a member of my Patreon, so if you're a member of the Reality Creation Club, then this week we launched a group chat and I'd love to have you join. Basically, this is just a space to continue to form community connections within the group, have conversations, and talk about things that we share here on the podcast and really just form more personal connections. So if you haven't already, you can find all the details to sign up for that if you're a member of the Reality Creation Club on Patreon. So there'll be info on how you can join the Discord and some guidelines for you. 
And yeah, I hope that you enjoy and I'm excited to see how that space evolves. So obviously, as per the title of today's episode, we are going to be talking about spending time alone, becoming your own best friend, becoming a safe space for yourself. And I actually almost teared up yesterday when I recorded this for the first time because a lot of the answers that I shared the end from Instagram and a lot of my own personal reflections that came forth as I recorded the episodes just made me realize how kind of like precious we are, each of us, and how each of us has, I believe, this innate desire to be loved and accepted, and that sometimes we're not even doing that for ourselves. And the opportunity that we have to create that for ourselves. And as I was recording the episode yesterday, I was using a lot of different analogies and I'm going to use those in the episode today, but two that I really, really liked that helped me to articulate just how important I believe it is to create a safe place within ourselves is imagining that we are creating like a little home for ourselves or a little kind of cozy hibernating cocoon for ourselves and our relationship to ourselves is just like our relationship with anyone else and I'll share more reflections on that but when it comes to the house analogy creating a safe place or even creating like a nest for ourselves I just think If we have that to come back to, then we feel so much more confident going out and navigating situations in the world, whether that's things in our environment or with people in our lives and always knowing that we have this safe retreat to come back to, kind of similar to if, you know, a bird leaves the nest, goes out for the very first time to explore the world, it comes back to that nest for that safety and that comfort and that nurturing and so I wanted to share that from the beginning because that really helped me to visualize how important it is to create that for ourselves but because if you can imagine not having that how disorienting and how potentially scary certain life experiences could be because we don't feel that we have any sense of safety or stability or comfort to come back to even within ourselves and the kind of message of this episode is even if things are going on in our reality that are difficult and challenging even if we're having conflict with other people if we can at least start with a sense of security and safety and stability within ourselves how much more confident we may feel navigating these experiences and how much more safe we may feel knowing that we always have ourselves and our own back. So the format of today is going to be starting off by talking about my personal experience with alone time and you know this hasn't always been easy for me. It's been a journey and I want to share a little bit about what that's looked like and tying into that You know, it wasn't always the case that I loved being alone. And so some of the things that have helped me to get to the point where I do love my alone time and I do feel very safe within myself. And then from there, we're going to also talk about the balance of wanting to still be able to 
be surrounded by other people and be in community and be having new experiences and just the importance of having that balance. And then the last thing I kind of want to share is my personal experience of improving my relationship with myself and how that's influenced my relationships with others. And then finally, we'll kind of talk through some of your answers from the Instagram story sticker that I posted. I got a ton and a lot of things that helped me to reflect on this whole conversation further. So thank you so much as always for sharing. As promised, I want to start with sharing a little bit about my own personal journey with being alone. And for as long as I can remember growing up, being an adolescent, I would associate being alone with either being excluded, being uncool, being very lonely, or even at the extreme side of the spectrum, being having to be alone with my own thoughts. My general feeling is that I didn't really have an awareness of this when I was younger, but I I didn't enjoy being by myself because there were a lot of aspects of myself that I just didn't feel comfortable with. And if you can imagine spending time with someone that you have this nagging feeling doesn't like you, doesn't approve of you, is judging you all the time, that's what it felt like for me to be alone with myself because I really was my own worst critic. I think that some of the experiences that I had socially and otherwise kind of influenced that, of course, but ultimately I didn't have this sense of self-advocacy or sticking up for myself. And I talked about this in the previous episode, how when we don't have this kind of cocoon or this buffer with the outside world, sometimes what can happen is when we are experiencing you know, things like being judged or being criticized, we can kind of internalize that and then start to judge and criticize ourselves. And what I began to notice a little bit later when I was on this kind of self-reflection journey is that a lot of the thoughts that I was having about myself, at one point, someone else had thought that about me and had articulated that about me. And so eventually, it seems that I got to this point where I began to think those things about myself even if that's not really how I felt about myself growing up. It's almost like if someone is judging you or if someone is having a certain thought and projecting that onto you, we, or at least I, felt that, you know, what they're saying about me has to be true. So I guess I have to think that about myself. In other words, I didn't have a process to filter out what was coming in and what that led to from my self-reflection is the same sorts of dynamics that were playing out socially and in my external environment, then starting to permeate my own psyche and starting to play out within myself. And I think the reason for that is very innocent. I think it comes from a place of wanting to be loved and accepted by other people. And so if other people feel a certain way that is not allowing us to be accepted. Maybe they feel something about us. We're not cool enough. We're too chatty. We're too talkative. We're this or that. It's almost like we feel that we need to fix those things about ourselves so that we can have what we want. So in other words, so that we can fit in, so that we can be socially accepted, etc. And so 
a natural kind of extension of that process is that if other people feel something about us and it's clear that that is what is hindering us from fitting in, then, well, let's let's kind of work on that so that we can have that experience of social acceptance. And, you know, the takeaway for me is that, first of all, I think, again, the lesson that I kind of took from earlier life was that just the way you are isn't enough and you need to do something about that in order to be loved, approved of, and accepted. But once I started to actually reflect on that and reflect on some of the changes that I made as a result of that underlying belief, I realized that I had gotten very far away from my authentic self and who I wanted to be. And, you know, the people perhaps that I surrounded myself with as I altered myself to fit that standard or fit those expectations weren't necessarily the people that I wanted to have those quality friendships with. And more than that, again, coming back to my relationship with myself, I didn't feel good and I didn't feel comfortable with myself. I never wanted to be alone. I always wanted to be surrounded by other people because the other side of things is that I thought that the number of friends that I had or the number of romantic partnerships that I had or, you know, my quality of self-worth was informed by those things and not just inherent. So what that meant was I felt embarrassed to be alone. I felt embarrassed to be going through periods where I was single and I always wanted to have be talking to someone or be dating someone or, you know, be with a large circle of friends. And I associated that with safety because it meant that other people would accept me. And then the other thing about being alone that was hard for me was just doing anything in public. I was so nervous to do anything alone. I felt like I needed to be around other people, especially if it involves something that I was kind of embarrassed to be doing. And so the overall picture that I'm trying to paint is that my internal landscape was not pleasant. And it's not that I felt that I hated myself. I just wasn't really on my own side. I would side with people that were judging me quite often. And that doesn't feel like a safe place to be. And again, if you can imagine being friends with someone like that or being in a relationship with someone like that and reflecting on, well, is that a relationship that I want to be in? Do I want to be around someone who's judging me all the time and making me feel unwelcome and making me feel like I have to just change myself to fit in and that the standards are always changing so I'm never going to be enough? And coming back to the safe space analogy and creating a home for yourself, is that a hospitable one? Is that a warm, cozy place that you want to come back to after a long, stressful day? And what I began to realize more so through kind of being forced to look at this through having a period of really debilitating anxiety is that you know, I needed to look at this and I needed to create that safe space because I was experiencing so much turmoil in not just my inner world, but also in my outer world. And 
you know, I just, I was kind of forced into looking at some of these things. And that's why sometimes I, I wouldn't say that I'm grateful for having had that anxiety experience because it was very difficult and, you know, challenging. But at the same time, it was like the alarm system for me and the alarm system for that period of my life where I felt that I had no other option but to look at some of the habits and some of the behaviors and some of the factors in my life that were contributing to this experience that I was having. And through different forms of therapy and through my self-reflection and personal transformation journey, I learned to really love my time alone. And I learned to unravel some of these narratives that I had about what it means to be alone and what it means to be on your own and be your own best friend. And that has been a very transformational experience because, like I said, having that starting point of stability and safety within yourself, it makes you so much more confident, what I've found, to navigate all of the things that are going on in your life. And we're going to talk about this, about, you know, how that can become imbalanced when we feel that we've created a safe space for ourselves and we never want to leave through tendencies that I've experienced, like, you know, isolation and avoidance. And for me, I had to kind of go to that opposite side of the spectrum after having spent so much time wanting to be around other people all the time. I actually swung to the other side where I was more on the isolating side of the spectrum and I do think that for me it's very important to be centered and to allow myself to extend the safe space that I feel within myself to other people and to form community and to form connection. So as we know I am a big fan of analogies and I've already kind of used the analogy of creating a nest or creating a safe home for yourself but something that also helps me to visualize this is thinking of attending to my internal landscape like a garden and just like a garden it requires attentiveness it requires nurturing and it requires you know attending to things looking at things Is anything looking a little droopy? What needs pruning? What needs watering? What needs nurturing? And really just creating this little safe space for yourself, almost like a little retreat, so that you always have that to come back to. I like the analogy of a garden, not just in this scenario, but in a lot of different scenarios, because it helps me to remember that it requires checking in and not neglecting that relationship. And just being mindful of what's going on. And I was creating this script and kind of writing down some notes for this episode. And I was just struck by thinking about how truly precious that part of ourselves is. Almost like that innocent kind of inner child aspect that is really just trying to survive and just trying to get by. And when I started to think about this gardening analogy, I just started to think about how harsh we can be to that part of ourselves and 
what type of internal environment that would create. And I don't know, I just kept thinking about these precious, innocent, special, cute parts of ourselves that deserve this type of nurturing and that we may have never even been paying attention to. And so I think that this analogy really helps me to visualize that relationship. And I've said before many times in this podcast that I always like to think of things in my life as though I were in a relationship to them. So whether that's money or you know, my career, imagining that I am in a relationship just like I'm in a relationship with another person. And I think the same about my relationship with myself. In other words, if I were to be in a relationship with myself, what would that look like? How would it be characterized? How would that dynamic look? And would it be a relationship that I would want to be in? Would it feel healthy? And if not, you know, why not? What do I want that relationship to look like? How do I want to feel in that relationship? And being able to maybe for the first time actually articulate what the ideal relationship actually looks like for you and recognizing that just like in a relationship with another person, you deserve to have that and you deserve to be treated with respect and treated with care and you deserve to, above all else, feel safe in that relationship. I would say then that my relationship to myself started with viewing myself as someone who is worthy of that type of attention and that type of relationship that I was looking to have. That's number one. And then number two is just starting to show, just like you would in a relationship, that I'm capable of giving that to myself that I'm capable of building trust, of being there for myself and building confidence with myself and again, that trust and that stability because just like a relationship with another person, we can't expect that strength to form overnight. It takes time, just like growing a garden. And another thing that I really like is this idea that you are putting just as much effort into your relationship with yourself as you are with other people, meaning that you can take yourself on dates, you can get to know yourself a little bit deeper because what I began to notice was when I started to kind of go down this journey, I actually didn't even really know myself. I didn't know what I liked because I had just been so used to going with what everyone else liked and kind of molding myself to that. But if you think about the fact that it's, you know, it's kind of funny because so many of us are just doing that, you know, we're all kind of looking at each other and doing the same thing. We're all looking at one another and thinking, you know, okay, I have to adjust myself to this or that or whatever it may be. And what would it be like to just look at ourselves? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential plan on us. mintmobile.com/switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month, unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month, face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 53124 get 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential plan. Auto renews after 6 months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. and ask ourselves what we want and just treat ourselves with that same kind of attention and care and operating under the assumption that all of our interests and hobbies and ways of being and ways of doing things are equally as valid as the way that other people do things and what that self-expression would look like when it's coming from a place of truly validating your own desires and unique you know interests and passions etc But like I said, one thing to be aware of at least for myself is this balance of too much time alone and self-isolating. And someone had actually brought up to me this kind of the importance of that balance and reminded me that of course nurturing yourself, creating a safe space in yourself is important, but to not self-isolate is also important and finding that balance. And for me what this looks like is even if you have the coziest, most beautiful, lovely, comfy, safe home, you still want to be able to go out and interact with people and have life experiences. Well, maybe you do, maybe you don't. And for me, I went through a period of time where I really prioritized that feeling of inner safety and inner peace to the point where I didn't want to compromise that, which I think is a very fair thing. But at the same time, I began to realize that I didn't create this space so that I could keep myself in it. I created it so that I would have it to come back to and so that I could share it with others and so that I could allow it to enhance and enrich my relationship with other people which kind of brings me into my next point which is about how my own relationship to myself has improved the quality of my relationship with others and again i always like to think about how things that are going on within me are reflected in my life experience so I would say that prior to having reflected on things in this way, one thing I noticed myself doing a lot and don't get me wrong, I still catch myself is projecting. And what I began to notice when I kind of tuned into myself 
was that a lot of the time, what I was projecting, what I was being judgmental about, what I was being critical about were often things that I had to ask if I was feeling that way about myself. And that if I was fixating on something outside of myself, when really it was all coming back to my internal landscape and something that perhaps I was judging within myself or that I was critical of within myself. And so I find that it's actually a really quick thing to, if I find myself judging or criticizing something or someone, to just check in before I allow that to kind of go on and just say, is this about me? And is this something that I need to look at? Something else that I really saw change was that growing up, I would have defined myself as kind of this social chameleon. That's what it felt like, which was good because I could interact with different types of people and I could, you know, fit in with different types of people. But there was a key distinction between natural adaptations that you make between groups of people. Like for example, the way you are around your family versus the way you are with your friends, etc. But then there's also something that happens to me that doesn't really fall into that natural adaptation category, which is me seriously altering the way that I am in order to fit what I have decided is other people's expectations. So if I'm in a certain social environment that makes me feel a little bit uneasy because perhaps this reminds me of a social kind of dynamic that I was excluded from or that I felt uncomfortable in earlier in life. Well, then I'm kind of adjusting and adapting to that by shifting myself into a version of myself that I feel is going to be safer in that dynamic. Now, the reason that that became kind of exhausting for me is that the more that I did that, first of all, you're spending time around more people that you don't feel comfortable with. And second of all, you lose touch with yourself. And for me, it started to feel like I was really abandoning myself because I was essentially deciding that in that moment, it wasn't okay to just be myself. And again, accept that maybe some people won't like that. It felt safer to me to change myself and to try to adapt to that social setting, which again, I think to some extent is natural and normal because we want to be in community with other people. But when it's when it has an undertone of self-abandonment, that's when I think it becomes, it kind of hinders our relationship to ourselves because if we're trying to build trust, it's almost like if you're friends with someone, let's say, and they're like, okay, let's go to a party together. And then the instant you get to that party, they ditch you and go off with other people. You're going to feel a little bit alone and a little bit scared, maybe and isolated or even embarrassed. And so that's one side of things. But the other side of things is something that I kind of touched on, which is becoming okay with not being everyone's cup of tea. Seeing yourself as valid, as worthy of having social acceptance regardless of your personality and your interests and not feeling like you have to continuously alter those things 
in order for other people to accept you, knowing that there is a community of people that will accept you as you are. And even if that's not true, at the very least, you have yourself. And so for me, what that's looked like is, you know, in the past, one of my biggest, biggest fears was people not liking me or people thinking I was too much or not cool enough or this or that. And especially with being online and being in kind of like a public facing position in different capacities, this is something that I absolutely have had to come to terms with because not only do you know that there's going to be a range of opinions about what you are sharing, you also see it when people criticize you either through comments or in other avenues. And you're presented with this very specific opportunity to either start to criticize yourself because of criticize or excuse me because of criticism that you are witnessing or to just accept it because you'll always have that. There will always be people that don't align with you. And something else that I would say I've learned is that you don't really have to do anything to necessarily correct that. I think that interpersonal conflict, from my perspective, one of the big sources of it is trying to force certain dynamics. Rather than just saying, this person is this way, and that's not something that I feel compatible with, and this person is that way, and that's not something that I feel compatible with, What if it was okay for that to just be, for it to just be, for people to be more compatible with certain people, to gravitate towards certain people, but to not feel that we have to constantly make a big issue out of the fact that we don't feel compatible with this person or we don't align with the way this person articulates themselves. And so something that I've kind of, realized is that I don't need to correct people's perception of me. I can just let them not resonate with me and move on with my life and focus on the people that do resonate with me. But I think it requires a feeling of first having that internal safety, like I'm not going to abandon myself in the event that I see a comment that is critical or any number of things. And I'm not saying this to paint the picture that I'm getting criticized 24-7. But when I tell you that even one mean comment or one critical comment would have unraveled me in the past and to now being able to just let them slide off my back, don't get me wrong, it sometimes does sting a little bit, but I can navigate it much easier. And I guess the final thing that I would say in terms of, you know, things that have been influenced in my personal relationships with other people as I've worked on my relationship to myself is that I find that if you're kind and less judgmental and more safe with yourself, you can extend that to other people. But I almost see when you are being mean and judgmental and critical to yourself, I see that as trying to pull from an empty well it's going to be that much more difficult to extend that kindness to other people 
And I think that's a position that many of us get to where we are, again, pulling from a place of not being kind to ourselves and being judgmental and being critical of ourselves. And then that's kind of manifested in the way that we relate to other people. And for me, it's been really important to remember that because it's a lot easier, I find, to see my external behavior and then to kind of work my way back. And so if I notice myself being a little bit more judgmental than I'd like to be, I can work my way back and ask, well, is there a part of myself that I'm being a little bit more judgmental to or a little bit harsher to? And I think that ultimately what I'm trying to say is that nurturing and having a positive relationship and a healthy relationship with myself really has improved the quality of my relationship with others. And because I've felt so much less reliant on friends and relationships to validate me because I already feel like I have a sense of self-worth that is independent from how many friends I have or whether or not I'm in a relationship, when I do become friends with someone or I do enter a relationship with someone, it's because I really, really want to be surrounded by that person. It's not because I feel more valid if I have a larger group of friends. And a shift for me that's happened that has been so impactful has been really investing in the quality over quantity and not seeing that it's necessary for me to have this massive, massive circle of friends in order to be valid, but to just have that quality because community and connection doesn't necessarily make me a more valid person but it enhances my life and it also allows me to bring my energy and my being to other people and I get things from other people and I bring things to other people that I can't get alone and so it enhances my life it makes my life richer and it's almost like we're puzzle pieces for each other and you know I in the past have felt like I never really fit with other people but in this case I've begun to find the people that I do fit with find the people that I compliment and who compliment me and be okay with not fitting with every single person and being okay with certain relationships evolving So that kind of covers my journey and how that's changed, not only just my relationship to myself, but with other people. And now I want to share your thoughts. I had asked two questions on Instagram. The first question was, how do you feel about your alone time? And I guess I shouldn't be surprised that the listenership of time alone, you know, the large majority do love their time alone. I think it was like 96% versus 4% who prefer being with other people. So my follow-up question was, if you do love your time alone, you know, why do you love it and how do you make it more enjoyable? Now, I got a ton of answers, probably the most answered question I've had yet, and I always say that, but I actually do think that it's true. So one of the most popular 
genres of response because I got a lot of kind of similar categories of things. We had a few people, well, quite a few people who explained the type of things that they do to make their alone time special, which I'll share. And then we had a few people who explained why they love their alone time. And that kind of fell into the category of people who articulated that they can completely unwind, be themselves, not have to respond to other people, not have to kind of put on a show for other people. And the sense that I got from these types of responses was a feeling of inner freedom when we are spending time alone because we're not adjusting to the expectations or you know trying to perform or trying to meet the needs of other people and that is a very freeing feeling and so that was kind of one big category of people but then like I mentioned a lot of people shared some of the special ways that they make their alone time more enriching and so I'll share a few of those just for some specifics. So we have slowing down, making coffee, drawing, and thinking. Someone else said doing my skincare, I can read. Another one says ambiance, asking myself what I want slash need in that moment, music. Lots of music. Everyone always said like music, podcasts, something to listen to, etc. Someone else said, I've turned it from alone time to time with myself. I let me be me without judgment. Someone else said, because I deeply love not having to match someone else's energy. Yes, absolutely. Another one, doing things I love and feel safe doing. So thrifting, coffee, reading, crafting, favorite music. It's so funny because so many of these are similar. We all seem to love that cozy romanticized experience with ourselves having baths reading books listening to podcasts going on walks someone else said i can chef and play music that is actually something that i started doing this past year is trying to make the experience of cooking kind of like a romantic experience with myself and i agree i totally love that it's one of my favorite things to do I enjoy the quiet to reflect, read, do homework, and organize. This is another answer, sorry. Someone else said comforts, quiet, a book, tea, comfy clothes, solo walks. Another one, watching TV shows, doing my own gel nails at home, reading and cooking meals I look forward to eating. Another one, hot drinks, a good book quiet animal crossing music playing in the back i love that also i have to share with you because it seems like a lot of us are into this kind of cozy vibe listening to music and really romanticizing and creating kind of an ambiance for ourselves and i saw on tiktok hold on i have to look it up okay so the video was that this person said that they put on medieval lo-fi music when they're cleaning their house at night so it feels like they're closing down a tavern and that like perfectly articulates what i like to do and how i like to kind of make my alone time fun and playful and imaginative i actually love one of my favorite routines is to go on a walk in the evening and listen to like french cafe music like I always listen to the midnight in Paris 
album or soundtrack. And it's just that experience of trying to make a special, imaginative, creative, romantic experience for yourself and how satisfying that is and how nice it feels to be in that space with yourself where you can do those things and where you can feel safe doing them. And so again, I feel like this community is filled with very similar like-minded people who love these types of experiences and it was so validating to read through all of these answers and see so many of the similar things that I enjoy myself and what I really took away from this that made me feel really happy was this opportunity that we have to just become our own best friend and treat ourselves as though we were our own best friend. That idea just made me feel so warm and comforted to know that I'll always have that opportunity to have that relationship with myself. And it won't always be 100% perfect, just like any relationship, but I'll always know that that's the goal for me. And I'll always know that I have my own back, regardless of what happens in my life. So I hope that you know, you took something away from this episode, no matter where you are on the spectrum, whether you're just kind of starting to learn to love your alone time or whether you're already there and you're just looking to strengthen and enhance that. Either way, thank you for being here and for being a part of this community and for sharing. As always, I love reading your responses and I really think that it's really important to have your input. So I really love getting these dms from people who share their thoughts and share their feelings and reactions to some of the things that i'm sharing and again going back to the reality creation club again i'm speaking to you if you're a member or if you're thinking about becoming a member i am so looking forward to seeing how that community group chat will evolve and i'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on this episode and seeing how that journey is going for you. And with that said, thank you for being here this week. I am excited for next week and I will see you in that episode. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.